share life stories of various individuals to inspire and educate. You're listening to Anecdotes, a podcast hosted by two millennials, Timothy and Vance. Thank you for joining us on this learning journey. Let's discover our why together. Welcome to episode number 12 of Anecdotes. This is a show where we share inspiring stories and learn how to become better each day, one anecdote at a time. I'm Vance, and as usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Timothy. Okay, so this week... Hmm... Unfortunately, we got no guest. Again. <sighs> it's okay. And next week... Next week how, Tim? Next week, I won't be in Singapore. Then how? I know you can choose to record alone or don't record at all. Or go no, la, but, but next week, next week I'm going to think of something interesting. See how, see, see how it goes. I'll record it on my own at home. <coughs> Just a short announcement. Uh. So, Tim won't be here next week. Or rather, yeah, so next episode... Episode thirteen wouldn't wouldn't be a duo. You just be one person talking. Yeah. So let's see how talking alone sounds like. Anyway, for this week, since we have no guests, hmm, let's talk about article that made us matter. Okay, so I'll start first. Okay, for this week, I read this article. Or medium. It's an article by Zed Rana. And the title goes, The purpose of life is to be a nobody. So it's kind of like, mm, I guess to a certain extent, how some people like to look at the world. Where they say that, <coughs> where they say that uh, everyone is not special. I mean, everyone is unique, but everyone is not special. Unique in the sense that everyone is different. Not special in the sense that you're just like any other human being on the streets. It doesn't it doesn't matter even if you're different from other people, but that doesn't make you more special or more entitled, more privileged than anyone else on the street. That's how that's at least how I understand from the quote, from the title and from whatever people talk talks about when they say whenever they say everyone's unique but they're not special. Okay? Before you go on, what what's your what are your thoughts? I think you let me read that article before, right? Yeah, I believe I shared with you before. So, yeah, it sounded like something uh what Mac- Mark Manson would write about. Yeah, it's and a bit similar to what Mark yeah. Manson wrote before. So, uh, cause I finished this book and. Oh, you're um, done already. Yeah, it's a lot of like entitlement stuff where people feel that they ought to have certain something. For example, when you have a degree, then you ought to have a good paying job. But fortunately, it doesn't work that way and that kind of stuff. So from your, from that article, yeah, I feel like I'm reading a Mark Manson article. I guess it was inspired uh, to a certain extent. I guess so. Anyway, anyway the first connection I made was kind of to say that life is a journey because the purpose of life is ironically not to exactly have an iron goal in mind. Right? In some sense. I don't know. I guess, yeah. If you have an end goal in mind and then what happens when you reach the end goal then? Then your life. 
you have nothing else to look forward to. Yeah. So the key is to, I guess, to set something that's attainable yet unattainable at the same time. Or maybe just set a new goal each time. Yeah. And I think, okay, the purpose of life is to be nobody also kind of means hmm, you cannot, the moment you think that you are somebody, right? Or the moment you think that you are someone of a certain caliber, you suddenly feel like you don't need to improve anymore. It suddenly feels like you are there already, you know, you are, you're there and everyone else is not. And whenever you feel like you're somebody and someone else are, is a nobody, you feel entitled. Like what Mark Manson warns against. Right? In some sense. Which is why I guess the purpose of life is to be a nobody. So you'll constantly learn. You'll constantly realize that there are a lot of different things for you to look for, look out, discover, know, learn, make mistakes, fail, succeed. But anyway... The author. I like I like I like this sen- this sentence. He says, "Acknowledging unimportance liberates us from the grips of the self-centered voice in our head, that's chiefly responsible for many of life's difficulties." So when we think that we are important, right? But we think that we are important, and life don't go the way we want it to be. Then we'll start to feel like, why? But I'm so important. Why is not life going the way I it should be? But there's so many things that are not really in our control, you know. We feel like the world is against us. Yeah. When things don't go our way and then all kinds of negativity starts seeping in, such as self-doubt. You start to question your own values. You start to question yourself. and But actually, it's all... I think it's just phases. Everyone has to go through them. So the key is to recognize that any problem is temporary. Temporary unless unless you don't solve it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess most problems are solvable. Yeah. Except death. <laughs> I mean, technically, some people don't look at death as a problem, actually. They look at it as a liberation. In some sense. Yeah, but actually most of us are afraid to die. Of course, because when... I guess when we die, it feels like everything ends. Yeah, and I watched a a particular video. I believe it was Larry King and Neil deGrasse Tyson. So he was talking about like... uh, So Neil deGrasse Tyson is a really smart guy. Some scientist... Not Mike, not Mike Tyson's no. cousin or something. <laughs> no. So apparently he was asked this question on would you want to be immortal? And he said definitely not. Larry King asked. Yeah. Neil okay. I think it's him. La. Okay. So his reason is saying that if I know that I'm going to live on forever what's going to give me a reason to wake up get out of bed then? Because I, I can just stay in bed all day. But if you know that you have an expiry date, you want to make every day count as much yeah. as possible. So I find that really 
um, eye-opening because it's like so enlightening easy and it's so simple so that's pretty cool I guess I guess that's also why you know when people find out that they're gonna die when they're di- diagnosed with cancer or something that hmm. kind then of they start to cherish right yeah then they start to realise that oh my god my life is going to end soon but I mean everyone's life is going to end eventually it's just I guess the doctor is kind of like you know in Matrix the agent who gave the red, red pill so in some sense the doctor is actually giving the a, person the red pill a wake up call or something yeah in some ways to speed up someone's realisation that his or her, her life is going to end I mean you think about it not many, I mean who knows who will actually die the next moment because of a car because of whatever unexpected situations right but these people I guess in some sense they're given a certain expiry date and that is a constant reminder to them like they're going to die so they kind of do things that they wouldn't regret they wouldn't want to regret not doing. But yeah, speaking of which, I mean, it's kind of unrelated, but it's something that I always thought was very cruel is that why do newborns get cancer then? Newborns? Yeah, like babies, you know. Once they come out, they are diagnosed with some kind of cancer or something. Then it's like, they deal... They didn't even like live through a good proportion of their lives and then they are given an expiry date immediately. I guess another way to look at it is the moment you're born, your life is ticking away. Yeah, so very depressing. Yeah. I think I think we should just <laughs> <laughs> Stop talking about death. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, but anyway, Anyway, moving on, right? He also go. He also went on to say, the surest way to be unfilled is to walk around like you hold some sort of privileged position in the universe. So he's kind of saying, if you go around walking like as if you own something, or people owe you something, or you are somebody in the universe, then at the end of the day, when you die, or when something humbling happens, you you will be in a very bad position. You'll be questioning yourself. What have you been believing in? As in your ego, I guess also, it's kind of like your ego also, right? Why? I mean, when ego is kind of how you think you mean to other people also. Mm-hmm. I mean, people with a huge ego tend to think that uh, they are better. people, yeah, pe- they're they are better than other people. People should give them some sort of respect. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think I think I think it kind of talks about ego. So, touches on the the, the ego topic. But of course, he gives he 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 gives some advice some takeaways for people for for people like us who at some point in your 
I guess everyone in some points of their lives, they always think that they're somebody. They're entitled to something. You know, when you pay, when you pay for your meal, you expect everything to be to be perfect. Well, I guess so. I mean, wouldn't you want that? Then what's yeah, the point of paying? I know, I know, but I'm not saying that. Um, even though you pay, but that's not to say that it makes you any any more special than someone else. Oh. Uh, so it, yeah, I mean, if you mean it that way, then yes. But I mean, of course, uh, when you have an exchange of goods and for money, then you ought to be given what you should be getting. Uh. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but but that doesn't mean that you should receive more than what others should be getting for the same price. Hmm. And I think, I I I think one of the main problems is that, uh, whenever we pay, right, we expect a certain certain level as of as an expectation. Yeah, there's an expectation, but I'm not saying that. Mm, even though you pay, even though you have a certain expectation, sometimes things don't go your way, and some people make a huge fuss about it. They get very upset over it. They feel like a part of them has been cut off. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like when you when you pay, you feel entitled. I mean, to, to a certain extent, yes, because, you know, because you're actually, you're actually giving something for something in return. Yes. But if you keep, I mean, if you don't have expectations, you will be happier, right? In some to some to to a certain extent. Yeah, of course. I mean, when something falls lesser than what you expected, then of course you'll be disappointed. It's uh that's what happens whenever you have high hopes of getting good results. Let's say you take an examination, you study really hard, and then you take you should get an A. But when the results come out, you get a B and then you'll be very disappointed. But if you compare it to someone who felt like, okay, I don't think I will do very well, but in the end, he did better than what he should have done, then he'll be happier. Yeah. But the thing is, uh, we all need to have expectations, right? I mean, because if we don't, if we, if we meet our expectations all the time, then you get pretty boring. Because we always get what we want. And it's only when mm. we don't get what we want that forces us to grow as a person, as an individual, to to face some hardship, to face some failure, to reach the next level. Because nobody gets great by succeeding all the time. I think we become great when we fail all the time. <laughs> Because only when we feel that we will learn. Yeah. and Either we win or we learn and we can't be winning all the time. There will be off days as well. And it's... But it's kind of like... It's life, you know. I don't think it's so easy to maintain that kind of thought process all the time. It's like you don't go around saying, okay, let's say something bad were to happen to you. 
you don't go around telling people, oh, something bad happened to me, and then you people think you're crazy. Eh? <laughs> anyway, on the expectations, right? Yeah. I think, I think we have to be a bit more clear that uh, expectations of self is it to some to some extent healthy, but expectations of others might not actually be healthy for both others and yourself. Right? Mm, but can you explain more about expectation of others? That means because that's not that's not what we were talking about. You know, when you pay, you should expect a certain kind of quality of your whatever whatever thing that you're buying. Right? But if you but when you pay and you you feel entitled to a certain kind of result from the person receiving the money, right? And it falls below your uh, your expectation of others in that sense. You it will make you very upset, and when you're very upset, you lash out everything. The other person will feel bad. I think using paying, but okay, let's make it easier. Let's say. Mm-hmm. You and your girlfriend then. Okay. For example, before you got together with her, you were chasing her. Every Friday, you will buy her flowers. Uh-huh. So naturally, she'll be expecting flowers every Friday. Yep. But let's say you got together with her already and then you decided that, okay, like, I got her and so that's not necessary. And then you start and then you forget once. Then it's okay. You forget twice. Then things get a little bit pet, a bit shaky, and then because, and then the third time you forget, and then that's it. So, I think when you have that kind of expectations where you're having something all the time, and then when you mm-hmm. once you don't deliver, then it all goes to dust. So I think that's more of expectations. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there are so many different types of expectations between people, between businesses, yeah. between customer and brands and everything. But I think his central idea is just that uh, at any point in time, don't allow your expectations to make you feel bad, make you feel upset, make you feel angry and everything. You know, if it falls below your expectations... Do whatever you can in your power, in your control, to make it meet your expectations. Right? Yeah. I mean, f- using 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 the example you used, the girl, the girl could have explained to the to her boyfriend. Mm. You know, tell tell him <laughs> earnestly, <Yeah>. okay, <laughs> honestly, not in a like, lashing out manner. That. You've been giving me flowers every Friday, but why don't you give it? As in, why don't you give it to me anymore, right? On Fridays. Yeah. I really expect you to give to do this, and you and you you didn't do it. <laughs> you forget so many times, and I feel very hurt. Yeah. Would that be a better way of getting what she wants? Something that can meet her expectations, while also you know improving herself, improving her boyfriend. And ultimately getting what she wants. Right? But unfortunately, things don't always end up like that. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Definitely. Because when we are disappointed, we can't control our emotions that well. Yeah. And 
that's kind of difficult for me as well. Because when I don't have the things I want, I get disappointed. I get really dejected. And then I lose focus. And all things start to crumble, I think. How do you deal with disappointment then? Ask yourself, is this thing within my control to change? Yes, go and change it. If it's no, move on. I I don't know. I mean, that is kind of a bit stoic. It's kind of a stoic way of dealing with it. Yeah. But of course, I mean, okay, back to the relationship thing, right? It is tough. Especially when you're disappointed, right? Mm. Definitely. Then you, you lash out or you cry or whatever. Then you, 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 you say things that you don't really mean. Yeah, you might yeah. regret when you look back. You, uh, you can't help but express that disappointment, right? Yeah, but think about it and link back to the article. Whenever you think that you're somebody, that's when things will kind of be difficult for you. So in that sense... Tell yourself, I don't deserve to be disappointed. Not really don't deserve to be disappointed. Acknowledge those feelings, but, you know, do it. I, think, I guess tackle it in a way that can actually benefit both yourself and the other person on the other end. Mm. Like, what I would do, I don't know about other people, but what I would do is, you know, if if I know that the, the, the emotions are overwhelming me, I will either give myself some time move away, talk about it later, tell my partner or whoever that I want to do it later. And if he or, if if my girlfriend is okay with it, if she acknowledges that, you know, I need the time and she wants the relationship, okay, more importantly, if she wants the relationship, she'll give me the time to collect myself. Then after that, I will explain that whatever she did, whatever that didn't meet my expectations in a very earnest and vulnerable way in some sense because when you're vulnerable when you actually you know tell her that I feel very hurt which is not something that a lot of us do nowadays you know yes like expressing and admitting that we are hurt by a person's actions because when you do that right you're kind of putting the person in power Mm. you're kind of telling the person you have the ability to hurt me Mm. but by doing that if the person wants the relationship the person will actually reciprocate can you uh, Hmm? the person as in who okay if after after saying that I'm hurt right after being vulnerable to my girlfriend if my girlfriend wants the relationship she cherishes the relationship as much as I do or at least as much as she wants to keep the relationship she will stop try to understand Hmm. instead of you know, continuing to be stubborn and, you know, persistent on her stand that she's right and I'm wrong. Because in a relationship, there's no, in some ways, there's no right or wrong. It's only whether you can compromise and accept the terms. Right? Yeah. I mean, like, for the mother, for the both of us, it doesn't mean that if you are right all the time and I'm wrong, that means I don't deserve to be friends with you, right? Yeah. If you're okay with me being wrong most of the time and helping me, I guess that is fine. I mean, the relationship is fine, right? But if you feel that 
you're, you're, I'm shortchanging you in some ways. Yeah. Cancerous. Cancerous. Like, I don't even give you any... Or I, I, I even, like, trample on your efforts and everything. Yeah. Then, of course, I don't deserve it. Uh. Mm. Yeah, that's how I look at it. See, managing expectations is... It's always tricky. But we don't really realise it. Because, I mean, it's our natural... Um, inclination to want more and more and more correct or at least expect something because yeah. you, I mean if you are constantly worrying about something that's so uncertain every single second you probably go insane yeah but we we also need expectations yeah if not how do we measure something yeah but what I guess Mark Manson and this Red Zena Zerana. Okay. The the author of the article is trying to say both of them are trying to say that have expectations, that's fine. But don't allow those expectations to, to overcome yeah, yeah, to control you, to over overwhelm you. Take control of your emotions and your well being and everything. Of your life especially. Yeah. Cool. It kind of seems like these articles, like, we, I don't know, we, like, don't really grasp it that well, or we can't really uh, explain it very... Yeah, which is why clearly it right. received 2,000 recommends <laughs> on media, because... It's not easy to Yeah, to express right? in, in, yeah. in such a way. He explained it very well. Yeah, but if you want to do it in your own words, in your own um, way of... Explaining is kind of difficult. It's something we'll learn over time. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, he has three different advice, pieces of advice for us. Okay. Or rather the reasons of why the purpose of life is to be a nobody. So very quickly, the first one. Being a nobody allows us to truly experience and appreciate the profoundness of the sublime. So Sorry, again? Being a nobody allows us to truly experience and and appreciate the profoundness of the sublime. It sounds so... Team. <laughs> yeah, it sounds so complicated, right? Okay, I'll, I'll try. So, by acknowledging that you're not more important than the person beside you, the person you you see on the streets, pretty much everyone. That means you, you, you believe that all of you are equal human beings who have the equal right to live, the equal right to do whatever they want. By being that, by understanding that, it makes us experience and appreciate the little things in life. You think about it, if you constantly think that you are better than other people. You wouldn't appreciate struggles in anything you do. And also because of that, you wouldn't learn. Because you don't have, when you don't appreciate struggles, which is technically a problem or rather a challenge that is newbies faced. Yeah. yeah, it's vital to any sort of, I guess, meaning in life. Mm. Because when you when you learn to appreciate the small things, that's when you will learn to cherish the big things. Right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's, the, that's, that's my best attempt at 
explaining this. I mean, yeah, like, it sounds like pretty straightforward. Like, you need to cherish the small things before you can cherish the big things because all these small things amount to bigger things. Yeah. And by cherishing the big things, you also kind of cherish the small things. I don't know, it's, it's, okay. it's a, it's a <laughs> chicken and egg, a bit of a chicken and egg thing. But yeah, the, the, the main idea is as long as you believe that everyone, you acknowledge everyone as a human being. You acknowledge that you are no more than the other person. That's when you can learn to appreciate the really, really small things in life that you don't really know. You, you can't really notice it every day. Mm. It's only when you stop and you you stop and you reflect on your life, on the small other things that happened. It can, it could be even as simple as you know, going down, taking taking a lift, going down, holding the door. No, uh, I I guess yeah 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 maybe 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 you're trying to take a lift, okay, and somehow someone just just hold the door there for you. If not, you would have made, waited for another minute or so. Yeah. Then you go down, okay. You go to the bus stop and just nice the bus came. I mean, those are very small things, you know, right? In life, or even uh, the weather is very hot, but suddenly when you when you get off, get out of your home, suddenly it becomes it becomes very windy, mm. and it's not so hot anymore. I mean, it's, it's kind of very small things that actually make you appreciate your life, appreciate your surroundings and everything. Be grateful, I guess. Yeah, be grateful. Yeah, and the reason why I said the holding the door part was because. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you haven't listened to Tom Bilyeu's and Gary V's podcast, uh, so he actually invited Gary V onto his show, oh, Impact yeah. Theory, recently. So apparently, uh, there was this segment where one of the fans sent Gary V an email message saying that the how I see that you care about your employees more than yourself is when there was a video in one of the episodes where he actually hold the door for all of his employees to leave the leaf first. And that just and the guy say that that just shows how you behave as a person and where you place your employees. Because mm. it's just that little simple act that can mean so much to a person. And he also said that it was something that was ingrained into him that he didn't even realize it. It was something so small that it's become a norm for him. He thought that should be how everyone should behave. That should that should be how everyone should behave. That's what he thought. And it all started mm. when he did that. He held, he held the door for a lady when he was younger. And his mom saw it and she couldn't stop praising him for about three weeks just for that <laughs> little simple act. And that kind of molded him into the person that he is where he wants to teach his kids kindness, politeness, manners. So these are the values that have been ingrained into him because of what his mother did. She, he, he said it like she was so happy for him. It was as if... He, it was as if he won a Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> so that was how happy she was when he actually held the door for a stranger. I guess for Gary V, 
by being a nobody in some sense because when you hold he's technically you know a multi-millionaire a serial entrepreneur and everything considered to have won at life already right but he still acts like as if he's nobody holding the door for other people who are in some ways I guess society might actually look at them as they should hold the door for him Instead of yeah, because only. they are the employees and yeah. you should always do things for your boss and stuff like that. Mm. But apparently it's because of the actions that he did which created such a great culture for Vayner Media and everyone likes each other and there'll be no question where when there's OT or anything everybody just bring their heads together and solve them. Irregardless of whoever is doing more or whoever is doing less because they all acknowledge that they have their strengths they have weaknesses yes and they know that his strength can complement my weakness and they're just embracing that and that shows what kind of uh, culture he breeds and he actually hates the fact that because Steve Jobs was so successful at squeezing people (laughs) to get what he wants yeah. That became the culture for a lot of Silicon Valley startups. So he wants to change that by whatever he's doing now. Giving all of his ideas, all of his um, thoughts to the public, you know. But the thing about Gary V is that um, he's a big contradiction in that sense. <laughs> He says, I mean, he want, he genuinely wants people to do better, but he's afraid of his kids being better than him. Oh, he mentioned that in the... Yeah, it was very funny because he will... <laughs> he was so mean to his kids that he didn't... He will never let them win at basketball. <laughs> <laughs> so there was one instance where he let them score four points. And then, but yeah, I think it was a race to seven... So, uh, when they were on the way to scoring their last one, he just snatched the ball and then and he he won the game and he he just made his kids cry. <laughs> <laughs> they just ran and cry. I mean, he hates that part of himself, but the thing is, he's very humble and open about it, which yeah. is kind of like you see, he wants to help people, but in a sense, he doesn't want them to be better than him as well. Yeah. And that's so hard to to do, man. To be able to come to terms with your shortcomings. Letting the world know. Despite knowing how people will feel about that. So, I don't know. He's just a really interesting person. I guess I can understand why he does that. Because he... he because, because I, I guess he knows, you know, a lot of times, right, when someone teaches someone else, the fact that, let's say, you are teaching me, it puts me in a better position than you already because you are you you spend so much more time to get whatever you know, and then you're spending this short period of time to ex- to tell me to teach me, so you're kind of like allowing allowing the hack time, and just by doing that, you already know that you're giving me a chance to be better than you. Mm. so he he doesn't want he he wants to be the best which is good in the sense that he's constantly learning constantly improving 
but there's still this competitive part of him where it doesn't yeah. allow you know he wants to mentor people but he doesn't want to mentor people to the point where they can overtake him right yes which is I guess I mean that's like I think how everyone feels maybe maybe yes to a certain extent there are I guess there are people who genuinely want to help others to become better than what they what they are like parents they would they would naturally want to okay not not not, not naturally since you say Gary V does that to his child but I mean I think every parent would say they want their their child their descendants to become better than them yeah but I think innately because of our ego yeah we don't want that to happen despite how people say that they want their kids to be better than them I think that's really true hmm it's like if I'm always winning it's like okay let's put it for example all the stock gurus right so they have the secret to make money correct why would they want to give it out to you mm-hmm. it's not because I want you to become richer than me what? it doesn't work that way yeah even though they say I want to help you get rich but I don't think they want you to become richer than them. Rich enough to make you look like a stock guru. Yeah. But whereas for, I think for, if I re- can relate it to Jiu-Jitsu, it's kind of different. Because somet- when we catch us, when we catch somebody with a move, okay, and we tell them how to defend it and how we set it up, even though we are like telling you the secret of what I'm doing correct. Yeah. So that you don't get caught again. Mm. But in a sense, when I'm teaching you, I actually learn even better. So, yeah. for example, if I don't say it out, there are certain subtleties that I wouldn't have known if I didn't explain it. Because mm. I have to explain it to you so that you understand. So there are certain things that I never would have thought of because you would ask me like a question like, hey, so what do you do with your left hand? Or what do you do with your right hand? Hmm. So it's these little things that you, you realize that this is how you can improve your technique. There's this saying, right? If you want to be great, learn. Okay, be a student, be a mentor, and something else, I remember. You know what I mean? Yeah. That means you learn it first, then you teach it to other people. That's where you have the you know the, yeah, the kind I, of cycle to. I, I heard something along the lines yeah. where they say to show that you fully understand a certain topic, you need to be able to explain it clearly. Yeah. That's there's a true measure of how you fully understand something. Yeah. So, yep. But uh, yeah, we we'll leave the podcasts or I think it's on YouTube or, or you mean, iTunes yeah you mean the Gary Gary V on yeah Back Theory hmm okay yeah it's on it's on YouTube because I saw it yeah it's on YouTube and uh, in the podcast okay well, back to the article so the first one was being a nobody allows us to truly experience and appreciate the profoundness of the sublime so by understanding that we're not that special, mm. 
we will learn how to be grateful for the small things that happen in our lives. Yes. So the next one, the second one, being a nobody frees us from the irrational pressures and expectations of an uncertain world. So think about it. The uncertain world is actually referring to society. When you actually feel that, oh, actually I'm not like, maybe you are studying for a doctorate, okay, mm-hmm. to become a doctor in maybe uh, engineering or social sciences. Okay, let's say psychology, something that I'm more familiar with. So you're studying for a doctorate in psychology. So after you after you finish your doctorate, you have a doctor to your name, right? And naturally, the society will portray, you know, you to be a doctor, you have to be this, this. Then you, you have, have to be, be smart. Uh. Yeah, you have to wear a suit. You know, you have to look very smart. Uh, in some sense, knowledgeable, wise and everything. If you... You would have to live up to a certain image. Yeah. I should say, of how society view a doctor is. I mean, partly because of what we see on TV. Mm. I mean, whenever they talk about doctor, it's always someone in a suit, prim and proper and stuff. So Yeah. Yeah. Like someone with, you know, someone supposedly that has so much more knowledge than us, knows so much more things than us, been through so much more, deserve a better treatment and everything, you know. And I'm pretty sure we've met some doctors like that. Right? Feeling entitled to a lot of things. <laughs> so if if let's say I'm a I'm a doctor in psychology and I feel that I need, you know, to know wherever I meet anyone, I need to know exactly what the person is thinking about. Whenever I meet a group of people, I must be able to, you know, read everyone. Cause I'm a, I'm a I have a doctorate in psychology, you know, that kind of thing. But of course, no. That doesn't work that way. It just means that I have a deeper knowledge. I have a deeper understanding of what psychology entails. I probably know how to read certain kinds of diagnosis better than the average person. I probably know how to counsel someone to ultimately change their way of thinking and everything. Right? In some sense. But that doesn't make me more special than anyone else. It doesn't mean that I can fly. Doesn't mean I can float, I can teleport and everything. I can read minds. No, it doesn't work that way. So by understanding that even though I have a doctorate in psychology, I'm still a nobody, it will naturally make me feel, oh, I so I don't I don't really need to fulfill a certain kind of society standards. I can just be a person. So all these irrational pressures that comes to us whenever we have certain achievements. Let's say I ran a marathon. So if right now I say I don't want to walk home because I'm very tired then people you you're afraid that people will say but you run a marathon you can't even walk home you know that kind <laughs> of irrational pressures in some sense yeah. yeah so by understanding that we are nobody being a nobody kind of frees us from that irrational pressure of the world the uncertain world I think that kind of mindset actually breeds um, our ability to our inability to accept failure yeah because we hold ourselves to this kind of expectation that we feel that if we fail at something then it will not be it will not look good on us 
like for example if I'm a blue I'm a black belt in whatever martial arts it means that no white belt no one lower than me can win me at all but there will be mm. exceptions there will definitely yeah. be exceptions who's to say there's no sure win let's, let's put it that way yep. like in soccer a 10 man can beat an 11 man team because the ball is round they always say that <laughs> the ball is round anything can happen in a football match mm-hmm. but obviously Singapore can never beat Brazil in soccer <laughs> I, mean, I guess uh, I mean unless one, one day I don't know <laughs> yeah unless one day you know there's a a Messi in Singapore or something but yeah that's that's my uh, take on it yeah I think above all else by bringing a nobody internally you tell yourself that you know you can afford to just fail. be a human being. Yeah. Fail. And don't really and don't really need to worry about the external world. I mean, even re- reviewing the first point, it's all about understanding that, you know, we are not th- we, we don't live in we're not the only ones living in this world. There's so many other people th- out there. There's but seven billion people. Seven billion, yeah. Maybe more right now, I don't know. So because there are so many people out there. You know, even when you die to tomorrow, today, how many people how many people will know? Even if the even the the person who most people know in the world right now, probably President Trump. But even if President Trump were to die, there will be some still someone corner of the world that don't know, you know, that he actually exists even, you know? You know what I mean? So yeah. in that sense, you have to be you have to understand that that we are just you know just another speck of dust in the yeah. universe we are and not as significant as we think we are yeah and removing that kind of significance on yourself actually is like a load off your chest you're putting off the pressure from yourself because you don't have to live up to an image that society has created and I think to end off this point he writes life isn't concerned with artificial sense of importance at some point there will be a divergence between the story you tell yourself and the cold hard reality your net worth will matter and the fall will be much steeper and the what will be much steeper? the fall so I, I, I think that sums up pretty much the whole point because our sense of importance, okay, the way we look at ourselves at, at our position and our importance in this world is all in our minds in some, to, some, to, some, to some extent. And of course, to some other people's minds as well. But think about it. Only you have control over what you do and how you feel about yourself, right? To certain to some extent, of course. I think to all extent. <laughs> yeah. So, if you keep telling yourself that you are of this standard, one day you, one day when the cold hard reality hits you like a truck, 
that's when you when that that's when you know that you've been telling yourself a lie. And you wouldn't want to be in that position because it's definitely not something very pleasant to feel. Yeah, so forget about the irrational pressures by being in a body. And the last point, being a nobody gives us the humility to realize that it's not it's our struggles that define us, not our desires. So it's not about what we want, but what we are willing to do to get it. Mm. By understanding that we are just like everyone else, that means that whoever that is better than us, whoever has already achieved a certain level of success that we so desire, if that person is as ordinary as us, that means it's not about what we want, but what are we willing to do to get there. Yes. It's very easy to, when people ask you like, what do we want? Oh, we want money, we want car, we want house, mm. but, and we want a family, but the right way to ask is, what are you willing to give up? What are you willing to, how hard are you willing to go to get all this stuff? Yeah. That should be the right way to ask. Because if you say you want a Porsche or a Ferrari, how hard are you going to work? Are you going to work seven days a week? Are you going to work every day? Are you going to work 20 hours a day to get your Ferrari? If you're not willing to work that amount of hours, then you should give up that thought of getting a Ferrari. So you have to work 20 hours to get a Ferrari. I mean, (laughs) if you want to get something big, then you obviously need to work Probably as hard. If you want a girlfriend, and <laughs> you should put in the work, why right? not expect a girl to just fall down from the sky or fall in love with you? If mm. you are unconfident, if you are uninteresting, if you are um out of shape, mm. how would uh, anyone be attracted to you? If you're not confident, you're not attractive, you're not funny, you're not sociable, all these things don't come, man. Well, we are all superficial beings. Yeah, and and I mean, no one will want to like someone with all the bad qualities. Yeah. I mean, everyone has bad qualities, but you you do have to have certain, certain good qualities. Strengths, that, man. Yeah, they can it's, it's, Yeah, it's all about Accepting your weakness, but also um, knowing your strengths. Mm. I mean, for example, for me, I may not be the tallest person, <laughs> but I know what are my strengths to make uh, a conversation interesting. I have other charms that a short, uh, tall person don't have. <laughs> so it's all about knowing yourself better, self-awareness, and then just work on it. And then give the, let other people who are better at what you suck at do. Do whatever you are bad at. So, with that in mind, you'll share with us your experience with a, <laughs> with a girl soon. Uh, right? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know, everything, we're still learning. Yeah, of course. 
But that pretty much wraps up the the three reasons why being yeah. a nobody is good. Actually, honestly, to sum my my summary for the article, mm-hmm. or actually the biggest takeaway is that I'll relate it to this Chinese saying. You know, it's actually si wang ye ta, si wang ye ta. So it's, it's meaning to say the greater the expectations, the greater the disappointments. Yeah. So I think that's like the essence of the whole article. So Chinese as a language has a really clear and concise way of <laughs> expressing everything. So shall we continue the podcast in Chinese? <laughs> Not now, I guess. I mean, I know we should be proud of our ancestry and our roots. But sometimes there's no point forcing yourself to do something that you don't like. Of course. Okay, but anyway, I guess the expectations part, right? More The higher expectations, the bigger the disappointment, right? Yeah. I guess that applies to how we look at life. But not really how we expect of ourselves. Mm. We should expect as much as possible for ourselves. A healthy amount, of course, not to a point where we we of get course. beaten down yeah, by our own if, expectations. If we don't set certain goals for ourselves, then what's the point? But of course, we don't expect to be the president or anything like that. If you're not putting in the work. Okay, maybe you can be a president, but I'm not sure how you can in Singapore. So, and uh, one interesting thing was that I realized that goal setting was very difficult for me if I'm doing it alone. Mm -hmm. Goal setting is much easier when you have someone to do it with together. You need someone to probe you and to question you and to ask you... (laughs) Is that really, really what you want? Because when, I don't know, for me, it works for me when I actually do goal setting with someone else. Because, one, I think there's accountability. Yeah. I think that's very important. They will hold you to it. Yeah. I mean, there's no contract or what, but it's just a natural feeling. To have, you can re- we can refer to Robert Chaudini's influence, because he talks about how I mean it 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 might sound a bit unrelated, but he says that whenever we project a certain kind of image, public image at least, means whenever we tell someone else what we're gonna do, and we know that you know that person will hold us to it. And we know that this is something that we want to do, right? Whenever we tell ourselves that we want to slack off, okay, this always serves as a reminder. Yeah. Because we're thinking, oh shit, my public image is this. I mean, in a good way, of course, not but in a bad way. And then again, it's like going back to, you know, the doctor, how a doctor yeah. should behave, and then you don't. No, no but, but, but that's different because the one is what society sets for you. But now you're setting your own expectations and you're telling people, yeah. this is my expectation that's of myself. True. Yes, that's the difference. So that's the difference. Mm. That is that's the one, a healthy expectation. And that's more internal, mm. you know. But that one is external. So this one is, even within, right, 
you know very well that this is what you want. But sometimes, because we are human, we are only human, we tend to slack off and we tend to, you know, have self-doubt and everything. Yeah. Just just with any other journey. Yeah, and with that, it reminded me of the Gary V podcast with Tom Bilyeu. Okay. So, when he was 38, uh, maybe about six years ago, I think, Mm -hmm. he said that he hated the gym. He still hates the gym till this day. Gary V. Yes. But okay. the thing that keeps him going is because he knows that it's important and this paradigm shift of how he feels that he'll be letting his trainers down if he doesn't <laughs> keep up that regime. So it's become more of like sort of like uh, something where he tells himself to do it. If he doesn't do it, he'll be letting others down and he doesn't want to let people down. So that's what keeps him fit by going to the gym. Because if he doesn't, he feels that he's answerable to his trainers. And ultimately answerable to himself. Yes. Because he knows... It's important. Fitness is important. Yeah. So, yeah. So, how my... uh, This coach or mentor thing is that... So, every time we meet, I will have something actionable that I will have to achieve by the next meeting. Wait, can you give us some background? Because you suddenly jumped from Gary V to... <laughs> yeah, so... After he set the goals for me... And how Ooh. he... uh The Hui, Hui Min guy. Yeah, as you need to give some context for people listening. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So... I know Hui Min is actually a guy with a girl's name. So I know him through this... Career Program? fair. Yeah, it's a career fair that yeah. NTUC had actually conducted. So it served as um they wanted to give graduates or fresh grads or people undergrads mm-hmm. who are still in school who hasn't figured out what they want to do with their lives, their careers. So they would invite volunteers who are actually in their f- field of work, whether it's HR, finance business, marketing, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, for people who are curious as to know what does someone in the bank does, someone in marketing does, so they invite these people to share, to mentor, to coach them, to give them a clearer picture of what kind of career they would set themselves on to if they were to head down this route. So, apparently, I got in contact with Hui Min, who's actually a financial planner. So basically, our first meeting went on like this. He set some housekeeping rules. So to tell to tell me like what to expect for every session. It doesn't necessarily have to be uh, career coaching. So it has everything to do with from your career to your life, um, to your relationships, to your family, to basically everything that revolves around your life. So it's like he sets goals for you. No, 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 not he sets goals for you. You set the goal for yourself. But how he helps you is through asking you the questions that that what is most important to you right now? What is it that you want to achieve? So he helps you with that process. 
to find out the underlying driver and which is and rate and grade it accordingly. So apparently because I know that the next role, the next job that I want to do will be something to do with sales. Uh, so what I needed to do is to build up my business and my sales acumen, which means I need to be able to speak with more conviction, speak confidently, to articulate my ideas better. So mm. what I needed to do first and foremost was to know how to speak better because I felt that I've conquered the fear of meeting strangers already. Mm. I do not have that anxiety anymore. So right, right now is being able to convince people and being and okay because when people look at me I think they get the idea that I still look like a kid so they don't <laughs> take me seriously but but then I realize that that could be my strength so in the first impression is that okay so they don't take me seriously right but then through the conversations I can actually surprise them. And then it like, gives an even deeper impression of me. And I can use that to my advantage as well. So the old me will probably just give up on that. Oh, I, can, I cannot do anything about it if people don't take me seriously. Because I'm born like that, right? Yeah. But after, I don't know, maybe it's what I've been through, what I'm reading whatever influence I get, I just it just occurred to me that I could use that to my advantage. Or maybe even use it as an icebreaker to say like, hey, how old do you think I am? And then like, oh, you think I'm that young or I think I'm that old? And then, you know, it just keeps the conversation alive or keep the conversation going. So, mm-hmm. and then he was like, yeah, yeah, okay. So, what are the steps? And he tell me like, okay, so since that is your priority, so how well do you think you are doing from a scale of 1 to 10? How do you rate your salesmanship? So I say maybe about 2 or 3. But mm. because he told me, then he, he asked me, so give me a few occasions where you actually sold something to somebody. So apparently, there were a couple of times that I did deliver in the previous job (laughs) (laughs) and then but I wasn't too proud of that I'm not not proud but I didn't feel that it was significant enough to garner Mm. me a higher score okay but after I told him everything he told me that actually you did do something and that amounts to something you did sell a few packages correct and it amounts to something. It just it's just that you don't you're insecure, I think, or you're not confident enough to celebrate these small wins. So that you feel that it's insignificant still, but actually it actually means that you can actually do it. It's just that because of the past few times that you failed. Because you didn't plan, you didn't practice enough. That is why you feel that your salesmanship sucks. So it's also the same as what you're saying, like it's all the small things that matter. Yep. Yeah. So the next actionable that 
actually I because it's the first one so I didn't want to set something that's so unachievable I wanted something that's still attainable <laughs> so what I promised him was to get our podcast onto iTunes <laughs> so that was why it just gave me that added motivation because now I'm not only answerable to you but to him as well yeah so that was the, the driver that actually made me go and find out, go and dig out what went wrong. Because initially, there were some problems. Yeah. And it turned out to be something that's really small just by changing the artwork on Libsyn. <laughs> so it turns out, yes, accountability is so important. It's amazing how how it helped. How it helped you. Like... I guess he he don't really think that he did much but he just helped you you know he just led you the way he just pointed you in the right direction and you just walked there yourself he's not someone who actually piggybacked you on the back yeah yeah. and he made it clear right from the get go that it wasn't gonna be me holding your hand it's gonna be you saying what you're gonna do and then you go and do it I'm just here to help you evaluate Oh, keep you in check, yes. And also to see, like, if you fail, then what are your next steps? What can you do better? What can you do differently? Mm. So that's his role. And I'm really grateful that someone's willing to give up his spare time to do that for me, even though he does, he didn't know me at first. Yeah. You all started with asking. <laughs> yeah. It really just starts with asking. Yep. But it's kind of funny how someone who is totally unrelated could connect with you on this level. Well, technically you're unrelated to... Yeah, exactly. It's like... Yeah. It's just uh, maybe by chance that I came into this company uh, and then I met you, met a lot of people. Okay, I don't think I really met a lot of people. <laughs> through this job but I met okay amount of people mm-hmm. and well I'm still thankful that I went into this company because I realized that this is not my cup of tea and then okay so strike it off the list exactly so at least I tried to know whether I like it or not but and I don't so that's great and it's not like I didn't get anything in return they get something in return. Yeah. That may or may not be helpful for me, I'm not sure. But yes. Life is all made up of our experiences, right? It's oh. all the little bits of pieces of memories that made up that makes up uh life worth living. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, interesting I'm just the thought of this actually makes me excited to know that I'm going to be meeting a hell of a lot of people in the next phase of my life and uh-huh. 10 years ago I never thought I would be that person who actually enjoys meeting new people of course yeah I think I think in general, most people don't really like meeting new people just because of the amount of time, effort, and yeah, uncertainty. Yeah, it is tiring. Yeah, it is tiring to a certain extent. Uh. Yeah, I realized that you say it to a certain extent. 
Just yes, to be, just to be politically safe. correct. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, in general, I would say last time I don't even like to meet anyone, even people I know, just because. You wanted to play Dota. Not, 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 not just that actually. Cause, when you think about it. Some of us are afraid to open up to people because we don't think that people will actually like who we really are. Yeah, it's all about insecurity, I guess. Yeah, so I guess for you, in the past, it was a lot more of insecurity that made you think that, oh, I wouldn't, I would never like meeting new people. Yeah, I think since young, I, that means I've always liked meeting new people. It was mm. just that I was afraid of how people would judge me. Mm. And that was the reason that held me back. Yeah. But now it seems like when I finally accepted my flaws, okay, not everything, there yeah. are still certain flaws that I can't let people know yet, I think. <laughs> I mean, it's not easy, man. Oh, of course. Yeah, I... I might have, I might not have, or I might be fooling myself. But yeah, mm-hmm. but I'm way less insecure than I was in the past. And that's because we are improving. It's when we are improving that we become less insecure of ourselves because we are sure that we are moving forward and not less mm. on the spot or moving backwards. Yeah, and I I think I attribute a lot of it to curiosity hmm. in a sense because I wasn't curious about a lot of things because I I didn't want to sound stupid I think <laughs> so I didn't dare to ask questions and I guess that's why I'm making up for it right now hmm. I'm trying to ask a lot now and so far, it's been working great for me. Just being, just daring, being daring enough to to ask, and then find out what you like. It's a great deal for me, and it has helped me in all sorts of ways that I never would have imagined myself. And it all translates to the little things that you do every day. Even from striking up a conversation with a stranger, striking up a conversation with your Uber driver, just being curious about what's he doing and stuff like that. You know, who knows? You might be like me. You might be someone who's who always thought you were an introvert. I guess you are still an introvert. It's just that being an introvert doesn't mean you cannot like connecting with new people Mm. it just means that you are not in some sense built and born for it Mm. but you can still have that curiosity of knowing what the other person has to say the story behind the the face yeah maybe maybe it was that curiosity that you know make me like that Mm. I don't know (laughs) behind every face is a story (laughs) <laughs> and lessons to be learned <laughs> and right. anecdotes is just the podcast that we want to do that yeah mm. so yeah 
I think, yeah, it's the story that actually intrigues me the most. And hopefully there's a lesson to be learned. But as with all stories, there's always a moral to the story. Right? So, yeah, there's, there will always be lessons to be learned. If you look deep enough. Yeah, maybe I might make it a habit. I don't know, who knows, it might be material for a book, you know. <laughs> Hmm. I don't know. Since you wanna write a book, I don't that's just my, my take. I I don't think I wanna write. But I will get a, if I were to publish a book, it'll be a ghostwriter. <laughs> I don't think I'd be able I'll be up to the task. That means you're gonna provide the overarching idea and everything. Yeah, maybe I'll get you to write. Ghostwriter. <laughs> if oh. you really you know become so good at, at that who knows you might you might hire me as a biographer yeah maybe but yeah it make it easier <laughs> so I don't have to write so much <laughs> but yeah that's something that's in the distant future future where I don't even know whether it's attainable or not but, but it excites me yeah of course it does because yeah, that's what you like to do and gives you some sort of a source of inspiration I want to be a storyteller yeah yeah so what I mean since you and you're lucky man you you really found out what you like to do even earlier than me I should say well I wouldn't say that because no one will ever know I mean but technically it's 70% you know that you want to do this right I guess yeah so I think that's good enough. See, you need to be grateful for that little thing, no matter how, whether it's 70 or 80%. You still need to be grateful about it. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, today we kind of... How did we came to this anyway? <laughs> <laughs> That's just an office. Yeah. So next week, I will most probably be talking to myself. Mm. Yeah, while while team has fun in Bali. Yeah, <laughs> with some Friends. new people that yeah, yeah new people that he meet he met. But anyway, we'll see everyone again. I'll see everyone next week and Tim will see every- we'll see everyone the next next week. In the next next week I'll be watching UFC live. So I need something that I like. Yeah. Okay, so if you want to catch Tim. No, I'm not fighting. <laughs> no, but anyway, so hopefully you can get a, a guest. Yeah. Take, uh when when Tim comes back. Hopefully. But I mean there's no rush or so. Yeah. I mean, like you said, don't have any expectations. Be nobody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we know that we want to have guests, but we can do it at our own pace. I mean, we're not, technically, we're not answerable to anyone. This is our show. for ourselves. Yeah, this is our show after all. We we feel like it, then we get a guest. Um, Yeah. Because we still have loads to learn on how to be an effective interviewer. Yeah. And an effective podcaster also. Yeah. 
That's fine. We still we'll learn along the way. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's it. Okay. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. That's it. Thank you for staying until the end of the podcast. If you enjoyed this, share this with your friends and tag us on Instagram or Facebook to connect with us. Would appreciate any sort of feedback. Be sure to check out the show notes at theanecdotes.net. T H E A N E C D O T E S.net. Thank you once again.